Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Visibility Playground podcast. I am your host, Carrie Thomas Amaro. Today we have a very, very special guest. Um, We're going to be talking about fears around visibility, visibility techniques and tactics. But before we get into it, of course, let's get an intro and I will see you in there. Hey guys, Carrie here and welcome to the Visibility Playground podcast. The podcast that shares visibility journeys of entrepreneurs and teaches listeners how to use visibility to build their brand and attract an audience of raving fans and customers. Every week we will be bringing you stories and advice from entrepreneurs who've achieved visibility success, as well as helpful tips and strategies to help you grow and scale your business and really get it in the way that you always wanted. So join us and let's create a world where your story of your business is seen and heard. Marina, how are you, girl? Thank you so much for coming. Like, thank you so much for coming to the show. Um, Thank you so much for being a guest on the Visibility Podcast. It's crazy because you were one of the first people that I met when I actually came into the online space. Really? Yeah, because I I like literally, yeah, like I came into the online space in twenty nine, like the fall of twenty nineteen, like the fall, like that last quarter of twenty nineteen was like when I really came into the space. So I was like brand spanking new. I was like. Teach me your ways. Where do I go? What do I? You said I need a Facebook group. Okay, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) I mean, I was pretty. I was pretty new then too. I didn't realize. Yeah, wow. We've known each other for a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Just grow and grow, and I love your intro. Oh, thank you, thank you. No, yeah, it was it was super fun. It was it was super fun when we that was actually. a, fo- a birthday photo shoot that we did for the business. And I was like, can we do raw footage and make it into an intro? Oh, yes. <laughs> so that was super fun. Um, okay. So yeah. first thing that I want to get into, because what I, I remember the first thing that I was, I loved about you when I met you is that you had a clinical background in something that I love very dearly. So can we talk about that first? Yeah, so I um, have been a licensed psychotherapist for almost 30 years and have done, have had a really full career doing that, um, have done lots of different things in the areas of psychology and behavioral health and um, have my own therapy practice for about 11 years before I moved online. Um, so yeah, that's my jam, all things somatic, body, mindset, energy, performance opti- optimization, all the all the things. And I think for me, when I first saw you, so like I don't know if I I don't know if you ever knew this, but I have a degree in human psychology. So a lot of the stuff that I do is always based off in psychology and things like that. And I remember when I saw you and you were talking about like your clinical psychology piece and stuff, I was like, ooh, somebody that talks my talk. Oh my gosh, I love her. And things like that because I was like, and then I remember I was really scared to talk about psychology because like, I was like, I was like, well, I'm not like her because she's like, she is clinical. She's been therapy for so long. Like, I don't know if I can do it, but then they were like, well, Carrie, like, the type of psychology you do is like, you know, me and Carl Young, like we're besties. So like, <laughs> so like literally I spent four years learning his practices, like the, our yeah. whole, like that, his whole, like that, um, I went to the university of West Georgia and the psychology degree there was all based on humanistic approaches. Oh, I love it. Like it was all based there. So literally like we spent all this time, like understanding the art of being and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember my dad was like, 
what the heck are you taking the art of being? Like, what is this? Like, what degree am I paying for here? <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you going to do with that degree? Like, how are you going to use that in the world? I was like, well, dad, you have to understand yourself before you can be able to understand other people. And he's like, yeah. sounds like BS to me. <laughs> funny but it's funny because like you were one of the one i was i would be honest to say like you were one of the first people that kind of gave me the courage to really talk more about psychology and share more like of my background and explaining like how i actually intertwine that in my work so i just want to thank you yes yeah oh my god Oh, it was you and then um, Julie Stowen. Uh-huh. I found out that she had a degree in psychology too, and I was like, I "All these psychology people, so we 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 can make it work here." <laughs> yes, human, you're so fascinating, um, and just it's it's so amazing how much we've we learn all the time about how our brains work, how we process information, how our bodies work in conjunction with that it's just it's so fascinating why humans choose to do the things that we do and yeah i mean it's i could read about it all day every day honestly yes and i think it was really cool too because i feel like that's what really kind of put me in this path of visibility because i realized that a big part of visibility is one not understanding like truly understanding and accepting yourself Oh my God. I feel like as an entrepreneur and you, like you probably have seen this is we're told that we have to become an attractive character and we yeah. need to do all of these things. But a lot of times when we're doing all these things, what's really happening is we're actually actually pushing ourselves away from actually who we naturally are. Yes. And that starts creating these internal fears around visibility because we're like, well, I'm not even really being myself. So they're going to know when I come out, Mm -hmm. they're going to see the, the, the mask that I have once I'll just Mm -hmm. hang in the corner and keep pitter pattering along. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we all wear masks, different kinds of masks and um, the masks that we put on basically are related to what we believe the expectations are for the situation. And I think in the online world, there's a lot of pressure to, there are a lot of mixed messages. So like one, be authentic, be an attractive, be your most attractive character. Um, And also always look like you're killing it. And so like there, I think that that causes just a lot of anxiety for, for online entrepreneurs. And it's really a stress that you don't, unless you have an online business and you're doing like you're selling online and sharing, you know, you're a thought leader and you're sharing um, all this, your ideas and your thoughts online. it's different than an offline business. I had an offline business for a long time and it's just, you don't have to be as visible on this level um, when you have an offline business, but online you do. And, you know, we are seeing a lot of, a lot is being revealed in the online space right now of people who actually haven't been very authentic and but it looks like you know their 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 reels look great their 
Insta pages look amazing, but that's not actually a true representation of who they are. And it's crazy because, like, I remember, I want to say it was um, summer 2022, there was a lot of the big coaches were starting to come out with these long posts, these long drawn out posts, um, talking about, you know, like, I, I'm throwing in the towel. Like I have to like, re- I've, I spent all these years putting, like being somebody that I'm not. And I'm like, I, I realized that I need to find myself again. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, weren't you one of the ones that was telling us to? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it, it's, um, you know, and as we live and learn, you know, we grow and we, we do sort of become different identities and mm-hmm. have different identities. Um, but yeah, it's, I think you have to be careful who you're, who you put on a pedestal, you know? Yes. But at the same time, it can be scary to show up online and say, look, like, you know, I'm having a really hard time right now, or things have been a struggle, or, you know, I think there's a lot of bypassing in the, in the online space. Um, and so it is really hard to, to feel safe being authentic and our own internal stuff comes up too so there are like a couple different things i think going on that play into the fear of being more visible so would you say what would you say is some common just like identifiers to be able to tell like or what are ways that people can identify like where their root of visibility is? Because I feel like a lot of times people are noticing the trends that they're happening when it comes to those situations, mm-hmm. but then they're like, well, maybe I just need to be more organized. So then they'll try to get more organized and then they still, it still doesn't happen. So like, what are those things that they can start identifying maybe inside of them? That's like, well, maybe this is what you might want to start looking at. You mean that like, common things that like hot around fear yeah or i mean i number one if you feel like you're always having to push yourself to create content um that it that that's like a red flag like what you shouldn't always have to feel like you're pushing yourself Mm -hmm. it's not sustainable so if you are feeling this fear and you're trying to push through it, which by the way is a lot of toxic messaging that I see all over the interwebs, you cannot push yourself through it because you will spray your nervous system. Yeah. And the more that you do that, and then what happens is like shame and guilt starts to leak in. Mm-hmm. I need to do this. My coach says I need to do this. I need to be authentic. But what if, you know, one of the biggest things I work with high performing, high achieving entrepreneurs, one of the biggest things I see, and I'm, I'm one of these people too, I'm recovering, but um, is this black and white perfectionistic hard on yourself thinking. 
and that is there's so much suffering in in that but the the irony is most high performing people or high achieving people have very high expectations for themselves yeah and it's funny because like a lot of the people that um that listen to this podcast hey Hey, fellow high achievers. Uh, <laughs> we, we, I feel like we run into that situation, but I guess like my question to that is if you know that you have this black and white high achieving and you said you're recovering from this, how do you start creating that gray ground or what I call the grace, that grace ground? Like being able to say, you know what? At the end of the day, I, I am a human. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I literally can't do everything right. Literally, there's a whole thing called human error. They were like, the whole thing. They're like, you know, we don't have machines packing this. We have humans packing this. So like things could happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so the thing is like, um, how can we put ourselves in a position of saying like, you know what? I need to give myself grace. And or how have you been able to do it as you're recovering? Okay, so here's the big the big easiest answer to that question and this is what i work with one of the many things i work with with my um on with my clients is you is developing the language of self-compassion and so that really is compassion turned inward i would say a hundred percent big statement, right? But 100% of the people I have worked with for years do not know the language of self-compassion. And it is a very different language than most high achievers know. Because most high achievers have gotten where they've gotten through a lot of hustle and pushing. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we can't ignore our pain and feel compassion for it at the same time. So there are like three main components to self-compassion and it's a whole thing within itself. Um, but it's really, really important to learn that language of loving and is going to sound and feel probably pretty hokey at first. It did for me years ago. Um, and like loving yourself through all this is part of it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm feeling this fear right now. I'm feeling activated. It's okay. Like, it's all okay. Just like allowing things where they are but then if that kind of new language kind of doesn't help open things up there are probably deeper things going on like trauma related to talk about yourself that you want to address like in a more um, like, uh, way with with somebody so my question is because like we talked about because we were talking about these high level and I really liked what you said about understanding these components, but I want to talk about why, like, why is it so, why do you feel like it's so hard for high achievers to have self-compassion, mm-hmm. but it's so easy for us to be able to be compassionate for other, for another person? 
I think that it's sort of the human condition. Um, and I, I think that it's, it feels, here's what I think. It feels a lot less vulnerable to be empathetic and compassionate to somebody else than it does to be empathetic and compassionate. <laughs> That's me. Two dogs over here. I get it. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Steph going to do. It's okay. So, um, like, it can feel really um, disconcerting to turn the compassion onto ourselves because. I mean, and this goes for men and women, but I think particularly women, we are we are socialized to be helpers. We are socialized to, you know, be there for everybody, to help everybody. We're not really taught, we're we're not taught the language of self-compassion. And a lot of us grew up in families where we didn't learn it either. So, but I think uh, one, one, it feels very vulnerable to do it and it can feel scary and not right and weird. And the other, the other thing is perfectionists actually do tend to be hard on other people too. So you may notice like, cause we're, we're always projecting our own beliefs and thoughts and feelings onto other people. So there's that too. And I think that does take some insight and some work to really recognize how we actually project that energy onto other people because it's it's there whether you notice it or not. Oh, Carrie, you're muted. Thank you. Um, it's funny. I, I like that you said that because I said it's, it's funny because I think a lot of times we feel that, especially perfectionists, we want to hold everybody up to our same standards. Yeah. But I feel like all that really does is causes more angst on yes. our end. Like it only it only hurts us. Yeah. yeah. Like, how could they not do this? Like, how did they not know? <laughs> you're like, because they don't know. Yeah. They don't know. They might not know. And then what happens is we take it on ourselves to fix it. So I see it a lot with, with my clients who have teams. And so the, they will, you know, say they have a marketing and media manager who's writing posts for them and creating reels and stuff. And they will go through every reel, every blog post and change it and make it perfect. And that teaches your, your, your uh, team member that they're impotent, basically. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yep. And that's the same with parenting. When we hover and go in and do it for them, it teaches them that they're incompetent and it teaches them that they can't learn how to do it themselves. So, but that's, you know, we do send, that's what I mean by sending these messages that we, ex, we are, we are actually expecting perfection, but it's in the guise of like helping. Mm. So, we're just helping them. We're helping them. Yes. 
but really we're helping ourselves try to calm our nervous systems down, but it's really a losing game. And that's one thing that I had to learn. Like I feel because like, I remember when I first started in business, it was like a, it was like a layered approach. So I was at FHL 2020, mm -hmm. Tony Robbins was speaking and he was talking about being a bottleneck of your business. Mm -hmm. And I remember at that time, I was literally, anytime I gave something to somebody, I would like either take it back or redo it. Yeah. And they're like, why did I, <laughs> why did I even do this for? And yeah. I'm like, well, I just wanted to like just tweak it a little bit, but really it was like tweak it all. Like, cause I don't, this is not right. Let's do it the carry way. Yeah. Um, so I remember doing that. And then the I remember right when I'm, yeah, the right, the carry. Yeah. You know, exactly. Most people call it that the right way, but like, I, <laughs> I didn't say it was the right way, but you know. Carrie way is the right way. Like Corey Carey. And I remember, yeah, and I remember like one of my friends, we were sitting there and she was like, Carrie, like, because she remembered all the times where I would be so frustrated. I'm like, I can't believe that they didn't do it right. Like, it, it's easy. Like, I put it all in ClickUp. I like laid it all out for them. Like, I don't understand yeah. why it doesn't make sense. And then, like, and what I learned is when I say I don't understand why this doesn't make sense, it's actually like really disrespectful to people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, like, it was funny because, like, um, one of my guy friends, he was like, Carrie, like, is that, do you say that to people? Like, I don't understand why this doesn't make sense to you. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't understand why it doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like I laid it all out. He was like, no, you have to say it a different type of way. But I, in my head, the perfectionist brain of mine was like, I don't get why it doesn't make sense to you. Like, tell, like, just tell me how I can make it make sense. But I realized it's demeaning as a, like, as a perfectionist to say stuff like that. So understanding also how you, like the words that you put out when you do have that perfectionist brain and things like that is important because you never know how it's perceived. Because even though in your head, it makes complete sense and you're, you're sounding like a perfect angel, you might be sounding like a little a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that sort of like you like emotional intelligence and emotional IQ and communication and, how to really actively listen and it's not easy it's not easy to lead a team and it's not easy communication especially like for us like we uh, being online we have team members who are all over the world all over not the world. only are you dealing with cultural differences language differences when you're in Slack or those other apps where it's mostly just written information, there's so much room for misinterpretation. It's challenging. So, you know, our fears, if we're not taking care of ourselves, our fears will leak into all these areas. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So there are a lot of components to visibility, like visibility with your team, visibility in your marketing, um, visibility in your relationships. Relationships are so important for a happy life. It's funny because I, I like to say, I'm like, if we actually treated our clients, our teammates, and like how we want like our significant other to treat us, 
like if we think about like oh like i want them to be able to hear me i want them to be able to like see my side of things and stuff like that mm -hmm. if we actually do that to them literally like the clients are like so like oh my gosh they I, like they're so compassionate. I just love them so much. If like, we do that to the team, their team are like, oh my gosh, they 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 care about my viewpoints. But a lot of times we feel like we should treat everybody differently. But I'm like, if you really just go back to that romantic relationship, because really at the end of the day, relationships are all the same. It just depends on like, like there might be a, a sexual attachment to certain things that aren't attached to others. Mm -hmm. But the same way, you should still treat people the same way, not just put them in different buckets because like, oh, well, they're my work people. So I, I just treat them that way. Yeah, I agree. And so look at us. We're a good example of that. We met online. We had a Zoom, like, I mean, like nine twenty one two four years ago now. And we had a great conversation. We stayed in touch. And here we are like four years later. And it's great. I, I mean, and we were talking before how you've met like just your best friends in group programs and I have two and I have my best friend lives in Arkansas and she was one of my very first coaching clients mm. coaching in this group pro program. And you never know like where leading with your heart, leading with an open ear, because all we ever really want is to feel heard. Exactly. That's all it is. That's all anybody ever wants. Mm -hmm. Does somebody hear me? Does somebody see me? And I think like if you use like, I would say, think of that lens where you're going out and you're marketing yourself, use that lens of like, do I see them? Do I understand? Do I hear them? Yeah. That's going to get you, that's going to help you hit your goals a whole lot quicker. And it's going to provide that authenticity that you've been trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. Because like, what I hate to hear, and it's like, this is my soapbox, I sit pretty on it, is when people say you need to be authentic. And I'm like, are you going to explain to them how to be authentic? Mm -hmm. Or like, you're just going to say be authentic. And they're like, okay, like, like this? Is this yeah, <laughs> is this what it means like i'm like like it's like that's my thing i always say like there's certain things that people say and i'm like are you gonna give a how like my sister always tells me she was like you're too soft you need to tough it up how the thing the thing <laughs> is we you know we can talk a lot about that because um maybe we can do it some other time too yes but, but part two for sure part two i think that authenticity is confusing for people because we are lots of different people actually we have lots of different parts like we're not and and i think that a lot of us don't really know who we are at our core yeah because we have played all these different parts for so long and worn these different masks. Look, I'm like the kid of a minister. I learned very young to wear masks. I knew what was expected of me. I had to look happy, even if I didn't feel happy. I grew up in a fishbowl. And it was like, you you don't really, I don't, I didn't know who I really was or components, but yeah, that can be really confusing for people. And I think that it's okay to be yourself 
And it's okay that that changes, mm -hmm. you know, and it is going to change. The first half of life is very different than the second half of life, which I'm in now, like really different. And that's okay. But you do get more and more comfortable in your skin, I think, over time. Um, but yeah, that authentic thing is, it, it's confusing. Yeah, I think it's confusing. I think a lot of that, so I definitely would love to do a part two because I feel like that plays a big part in terms of visibility because yeah. people want, like, there's these people that want to be visible, but that fear of, well, you have to be authentic comes in and they're like, well, I don't know how to be authentic. So then again, back in that corner and this Peter pattern until they figure it out. And it's also like a huge fear of being criticized. Yeah. And judged. I mean, women have this fear. It's so pervasive. And a lot of times it comes from past experiences like bullying or, you know, maybe growing up in a very critical environment. A lot of girls grow up being body shamed in our culture. We're body shamed. Um, there's just a lot of different messages that come in that get into our unconscious that start to come up when somebody says, okay, go do a live about, you know, your new offer or go mm -hmm. do a live about, um, maybe like something, tell a story about a hard time that you, you know, sometime when you overcame something difficult. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It's triggering for a lot of people. No, I love this. I love this. I love this. So where can people find you online in case they're like, I need her in my life. I'm, I am a high achiever. I am like, I you am. definitely are. They're like, <laughs> it's funny. I'll tell this one story. So I was such a high achiever, like, especially like in high school, mm -hmm. um, where I, like, if I got less than a hundred on a project, like I would be like, can I redo it? Like I'll redo the whole thing. Yeah. Like, like I was the one they were like, Carrie, um, make a like I think it was like I literally made a whole fair like um the world's fair. I made like a huge, I would say like 40 inches of like Ferris wheels and all like of this. Diorama. Yeah, like it was it was huge. Like oh my literally God. my dad had to rent, like because my dad didn't have a truck. So my dad had to actually rent a truck to actually get it to the school. How old were you? I was like, I think I was like in like 10th grade. Like oh my, my dad God. was like, this is ridiculous. Like, and then like, this is me like, I can't wait to present. Who's, I'll go first. Yes. That's, you know, tying your, tying your worth to um, feedback. Yeah. Is a, is a huge thing with high, high performers and high achievers. Yeah. And I think that was a, like, has been my biggest shift is I had to realize that I, like, I can't, I can't gain validation from other people. I have to gain validation from myself. Huge, so of, huge. Yeah, it was huge. And it was funny because in that program that I was telling you about, that's where I had, to, that's where I learned it. Because I literally remember sitting in that program and helping all of the people in the program and then like oh my gosh carrie you're so amazing oh my gosh carrie you're just like you're a gym oh my gosh carrie you're this and i'm like oh everybody loves 
that's amazing. And then like I'm in there, I'm like, I just paid thirty thousand dollars for everybody to love me, and I haven't learned anything. Mm. Okay, this is a problem. <laughs> that's a good lesson to learn. <laughs> You know, I didn't learn that till I was older, and so it's a it's a really good lesson to learn um, that in the end, like nobody is gonna save you, and it's not about the grades, it's not about the money, even. Um, it's really about how you feel about yourself, what you believe about yourself, how resilient you are, um, and your relationship, the quality of your relationships. Exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I love this. I love this. I love you. Okay. So where can people, like, where can people find you? Um, mostly I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm Marion Smith on Facebook. I'm going in, I'm in the middle of changing my last name. Um, and I'm on Instagram. Don't do much on there. The Marianne Doherty. Uh, I'm, and, but Facebook is pretty much where I live. That's her home place. That's where I found her. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right. Oh, Sam. <laughs> I can't believe like, it's so crazy. Like, I feel like Sam is a perfect example of how long we've been friends. Like, she's married. She has a baby. Like, like, like all these huge mouths. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. She's a beautiful friend. She's, yeah. she's really gone through lots of changes. Yeah. She's amazing. She yeah. really is. She's a she's an amazing, amazing human being. So lucky to have Absolutely. her. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me, Thanks, guys. Mama. I am going to just chat with her a little bit longer, but I'm going to leave you guys. We're going to cue the intro and we will see you on another amazing episode. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Visibility Playground podcast. If you're now like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to dive into my visibility, or you're just like, I just want to assess where I am in my visibility journey, take the Visibility Vitals Check Quiz. You can go to www.visibilityvitalquiz.com. I will make sure that I put it in the show notes, but make sure that you go take the quiz, DM me, let me know how it went. Talk soon.